0: Good morning. It's so good to be together on this Lord's Day morning. This is a great weekend, one of our favorite weekends of the year. And uh, one of the reasons for that, of course, is all of the, the amazing Christians that we get to spend time with. It's a picture that Diane took this year. This year's epic youth event was at a fire department station, the Jackson Township fire station, and so I think it was Steve that came up with this idea of, hey, what if we had the theme this year be firefighting or something like that? So we, we decided to focus in on this theme of fire and rescue, and if I were to pick one verse from the book of Jude that launches us into that first and foremost, it's this verse that was read a bit ago in Jude verse 23, where we're told All of us, all Christians, are told to save others by snatching them out of the fire. Save others by snatching them out of the fire. So Adrian has been wanting to go to Paris for quite some time now. We're going to get there eventually. And um, thinking about how to get there with four kids is complicated. But you think about all the great sites and places to visit in Paris. And, you know, where, where does your mind go? What do you think is the most visited monument in Paris? Eiffel Tower, you think, right? Maybe, maybe that wonderful Biggest museum in the world, I think the Louvre and it's great glass pyramid and all of that is the no neither of those are the most Visited monument in Paris the most visited monument in the first half of of this century in the 21st century with averaging 12 million visitors a year is the Notre Dame Cathedral and you may remember in the news, four years ago, in April 15th, 19, or 2019, um, there was a 19 in there. In 2019, there was this fire that broke out on the roof. And then it spread. And you watched. And you thought, oh, man, history is burning down. What's going to happen? And eventually, firefighters were able to put out the fire. And they've been working since then to restore it there was a movement at one point to modernize this classic basilica and the people of Paris said no this needs preserved this has value as it is it needs to be protected so they've been working since then to try to get it ready for the Paris Olympics in 2024 and it's slated for a full open on December 9th Of next year. But if you think about how how reactive, how worried people were about this building, it's just a building. I know it's a special building. It's an old building. It's a beautiful building. But it's just a building. And we were concerned that it might burn down. We were concerned to preserve it, to protect it. This isn't God's church. This is just a building. But what if someone was actually trying to set fire to God's church? To God's building, as Paul calls it. God's temple. The house of God. And and someone is not, it's not an accidental house fire, but someone, a group of people are sneaking in. Little pyros, little fire starters are trying to set fire like little gremlins in the corner. Trying to make trouble in the church, bringing wrong teaching, bringing wrong ethics, bad theology, and divisiveness. That's the problem that Jude finds himself in. He says, you know, I wanted to write to you about some other stuff. I wanted to talk about our common salvation, but you don't get to pick what you're going to talk about when your house is on fire. And so he sounds the alarm in verse 3. He says, I had to write you to contend for the faith once for all delivered. And he goes on to tell them three other charges. And so our, our focus this weekend, as we went into our little fire station, was like any good fire station, to prepare and equip Our volunteer firefighter force to go out into the world when there's a need, protect ourselves, put out the fires, and rescue the perishing. In fact, those are the three missions that Jude gives in this book, the three directives, the three commands, one in verse 3, one in verses 20 and 21, one in verses 22 and 23. And so we're going to look at those this morning, and our, our, our hope this morning is to kind of pull all of these lessons together. Some of you haven't heard any of them, but to pull some of these lessons and things we've done and talked about together into uh, one memorable and understandable picture. It's easy when it's it's easy to just ignore things. Sometimes we just want to say no, everything is fine. I know there's a little fire going on. I know not everything is perfect. And and it's true we'll never be into a perfect world or a perfect church or a perfect person until the other side of this life, but we have to be concerned about the faith of God, about our own spiritual lives, and learn to be truly at stake for the spiritual well-being of all those around us. It matters. And if there's a big idea, if there's a central idea to this whole thing, I, I think at the heart of it is to understand it takes unusual conviction courage and commitment to do the hard things that Christians are called to do. It takes grit, it takes focus, it takes us being willing, like a fireman looking at a burning down building and saying, I'm going in. It takes our willingness to say, I have a mission, I have a purpose in life, and I'm going to see this through. We have the Lord on our side. We have strength beyond measure. And we lean on that and we rush into the battle. So the first thing we see in this book is putting out fires. You know, he uses this metaphor in, uh, there at the, the end of the book for danger of fire, of eternal fire, of, of difficulty, of, of, of this, this concern that could burn down what is... What is so holy and important in the church. To take away the holiness and health of God's church is, as Paul says in 1 Corinthians 3.16, let no one destroy God's temple or God will destroy them. We have to be concerned about this. We have to be aware of it. And he says to contend, to contend for the faith. Contend doesn't mean to be contentious. It doesn't mean you're the kind of person that's just trying to create arguments all the time. Contend means to struggle, to endeavor. It, it, the Greek word is a root, shares a root word with our word agonize. Like, put your all into it. It's going to cost you something to enter this fight. But we come... With the waters of life, we come with the water of the word. We come with the truth to stabilize what is ours to protect. He speaks of the faith. And this is different, as we've talked about some this weekend, this is different than our faith. Our faith is placed in the faith. Our faith is subjective. The faith is objective. Our faith is put into the revealed truth that God has given. And it, it's not given to each one of us once as, as we go along. It's not going to be given new anew to this church. He says, contend for the faith once for all, delivered to the saints. It is entrusted to God's people. And this, this word, once for all, is the same word that's used to describe Jesus' sacrifice in Hebrews. Jesus gave one sacrifice, once for all. We don't need to, that's why we don't offer sheep anymore. That's why we don't offer, Jesus did it. We also don't invent a new creed anymore. We have it. What we believe was once for all delivered to us. And so we have to prepare ourselves. We have to stabilize ourselves. We have to equip ourselves to go and do this work of fighting to protect the church of God, to put out all the fires and all the all the problems that we see show up. There have been a lot of monuments and memorials made from the twisted beams and the broken down remains of the World Trade Center's. And we take them seriously and we reflect seriously. A lot of people died there. A lot of people gave their lives to try to save others there. These twisted beams make us think not only of the destruction that was brought by evil men, but, by, but it makes us think about um, something more precious to us, our ability to, to pull together, our ability to look out for one another. ability to remember important things but for those who were there it was not it was not a a beautiful or reflective time Jerry Silcox who was a New York firefighter who helped search for survivors at Ground Zero writes that he and his co-workers called this place the pit in fact As he talks about it, he thought about, he said, what the Bible talks about when it talks about hell just felt so awful. And he says, almost everywhere I looked, mighty columns of steel were twisted into sad, pointless sculptures towering over the tragic scene as we worked to find survivors. When Jude describes these false teachers who've come in among God's people, he describes them as twisting God's grace, as distorting, as perverting, as corrupting what is the the key to the health and holiness of the church. We are a building built on the words of the apostles and prophets with Jesus himself as the cornerstone, Ephesians 2 tells us. The faith is Our foundation, it's the beams that that hold the structure together and give it soundness. And so we need to know God's word. We need to speak together about God's word and seek to understand it well, lest destruction come among us. He gives three examples from the Old Testament of rebellion and the judgment that comes from it. As he goes through, he talks about the wilderness generation who rejected the Lord's ways. He talks about fallen angels and he talks about Sodom and Gomorrah and the eternal fire that they, they burn with. And then he goes on to talk about leading the way into rebellion, because these teachers that he's talking to aren't just rebelling themselves. They're leading other people to throw off God's will and God's word and God's ways. And so he talks about Cain, who not only killed his brother Abel, but went on to start a city and this whole line of people that the rest of Uh, Those early chapters of Genesis talk about uh, who are bringing evil things into the world. He talks about uh, Balaam, who led Israel into idolatry. And he talks about Korah, who brought a rebellion against the prophet Moses. These people are throwing off the shackles of authority that God presents and wanting uh, others to just think, you can do whatever you want, you know. We have grace. We have liberty. It's not a big deal. And Jude wants to communicate to all of us that at its heart, the gospel is both liberating and constraining. It shows us the right and good way for us to walk. And in that, we find our freedom. When he talks about saving others, he talks about three different groups. I've called them the doubters, the desperate, and the dangerous. We've had some conversations about how we approach each of these differently. There's a story about a, a fireman that I've read this week um, about a, a man who, uh, over in Boardman, Ohio, which is kind of where my, not maybe close to where some of you guys are, are from, that's close to where my, my people come from, uh, this volunteer fire department was... Um, was called out to help an old man who, who had um, some need in his house. And he was living alone, this older, older fellow. And so he came and he couldn't get into the door. And he's trying to, to you know, get the door open. He's calling, he's yelling, and they won't, no one will come to the door. And so concerned, he does one of those sidekicks and with one kick knocks the door in. Felt really good that he could do that, and he rushed in and realized it was the wrong building. It was the house next door that he was supposed to kick in. We talked in our evangelism class earlier this year about identifying the correct spiritual address of those that we're trying to reach out to. We talked about different models like Gray's Matrix. And we talked about that, remember that golf course model where you know we don't want to be using a driver when someone is really near to the kingdom and we don't, don't want to be using a putter whenever someone is far off and they're, they're just arguing and fighting. We need to find a way to dr- keep drawing people closer and there's different strategies that we can use. Well, another way of framing that is by thinking about it the way that Jude does in Jude 22 to 23. He says to have mercy on those who doubt, in verse 22. And then he says, to save others by snatching them out of the fire, and then to others show mercy with fear, hating even the garment stained by the flesh. There are those among us who are of the faith, but they're struggling, they're faltering. And so we approach them with mercy, with compassion, with patience, and try to strengthen them. There are others who are not in the faith, who are in the fire. And we have to go to them with boldness, knowing this is life or death. And we try to grab them. And this word snatch is like uh, very much like uh, this, a rescue operation where we're pulling them at just the nick of time out of danger. But then there are those who he says to approach with fear. Like with caution, with awareness, with the fear of God, recognizing that sometimes when you're trying to help somebody else, they burn you. you now, whenever you're trying to put out the fire of a burning man, you, you don't go and, and just try to put it out with your hand. You try to protect yourself while trying to help them. You get a blanket. You put poor water on them. <laughs> Yesterday, the kids all got to attack me as a burning man. I, 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 was, uh, uh, I was the man on fire, and they came at me with 24 water balloons and squirt guns and got points for how many times they could hit me. But sometimes those people might run away as I was running away. <laughs> but if we rescue them, they'll be glad and we'll be glad. That we were able to take them out of the fire and into this place of safety. But, you know, a firefighter who is passed out from smoke inhalation in a corner does no one any good. Firefighters spend a lot of time, our fire departments spend a lot of money to prepare with scuba equipment. You know, scuba technology, the oxygen tanks, the with, with uh, coats. We put on some coats and hats and all the things that uh, Todd Brinker has for, as a, as a fire, fireman. Those are technologies that protect us. And when we're going out into the world, we need to protect ourselves. And, and Jude wants the people he's talking to to be strong enough to survive this fire. And so he says in verse 20, but you, beloved, building yourself up in the most holy faith, the same faith that was once for all delivered is our most holy faith. It's the basis of what we believe, this shared, common, holy faith. And he says to combine that with praying in the Holy Spirit. We talked some about what that means, about keeping ourselves in the love of God and waiting for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ that leads to eternal life. In other words, we always have our eye to the future as Christians, even as we settle our feet into the job we have right now. We always recognize things ahead are bright. and We have something we that's worth fighting for. It's worth striving towards. Beautiful hope. We can't let our hope slip away. And we have someone to call on when we're in need. We talked this morning about the, the fire extinguisher in our lives that, um, that prayer can be. Josh was sharing with us how powerful that can be to put out fires in our lives. But I want to focus in on this idea of keeping yourselves in the love of God, like like putting on a protective coat. It's interesting. He starts and ends the book with how God keeps us. He says in verse 1, to those who are called, beloved in God, and kept. Kept. And then he closes in verse 24, now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling. And to present you blameless. Maybe a better translation of that, though though this is true, is the one who could keep you standing upright. Because it's not really a negative there. It's the word, the Greek word here is of someone who could have fallen down. Maybe there was something that could have tripped them. But they stay upright. They keep from falling. The one who is able to keep us from falling is God, our Father, and our Lord Jesus Christ. And so there is this dual responsibility. God is worth trusting. We don't have to, yes, we bring fear, we bring reverence, we bring soberness and alertness to what we're doing, but we're not panicked. We're We're not shaking in terror because the Lord is with us so we can be courageous. At the same time, he says, keep yourself in the love of God. If there is one thing that I would want not only our young people, but all of us to remember from this lesson. If I had to pick one, it would be this. Keep yourself in God's love. It's very similar to what Jesus says in John 15 when he says, As the Father has loved me, I have loved you. Abide in my love abide live in it wear it take it with you everywhere settle into it settle into my love for you let that be as we talked about a few weeks ago your roots your stability your your source of strength and life Jesus love for you God's love for you and you get to choose where you keep yourself where you keep your thoughts where you keep your path of your feet, you get to choose what are you surrounding yourself with. And and what he's saying is, make this the center of your life. Make God's love the, the everything that everything comes from. keep yourself in God's love. And all the things he says around it will help us do that, right? Praying in the Holy Spirit, building ourselves up in the most holy faith, looking forward to the mercy that's to come will all help us stay in God's love. There is security and strength to be found there. We are all each one of us going about different things in our lives. We're busy with engineering and teaching and nursing and momming and dadding and kidding. I don't know. Uh, being a kid, you know, uh, all the things we do in our daily life. We go to school and we stay busy doing other things. We are we're all kind of like that volunteer fire force, right? We have other jobs other things that we busy ourselves with. We're not sitting at a fire station. But as we go, we are constantly on alert, ready for the call, ready for the need, ready for hearing someone say help, ready for seeing someone is in need, ready to be God's one and only force in this world, sent on a mission of rescue. We have to take that seriously and learn to look around and find those who are doubting find those who are desperate and find those who may need mercy but we need to make sure we're looking out for ourselves too, to to keep ourselves in god's love when we go to those who are are dangerous jesus will ultimately keep his people to the end if we hold on to him he will not let us go as we sing in that wonderful song in Christ alone, hell can't do anything to snatch us from his hand. If you're not a Christian, if you are in the fire right now, there is an eternal fire that we need to be aware of. There is an eternal danger that this, This current separation from God speaks to and and helps us to, to recognize that there is life on offer.